0: Okay, welcome all to our Parshas Toldos Shire. Um, we are, it's also, it, is our, it is Rosh Chodesh Kisli. It is Thanksgiving, and we are on Zoom for those reasons. Okay, so dedications uh, for our Shire today. For me, Rufoosh Lehmintachana Baspariah and Yaakov Ben Sion Ben Rifka, Ruchi Freed in honor for 56th wedding anniversary. In the times of the day, of English, we would have given a carbon toda. These times we give sadaka in thanks to the Borei Olam. Well said. Aliza Leichtung, with her, thanks to Hashem on the birth of a granddaughter and a grandson. Mazel tov. Saratman for four Sholema for Aaron, Michal, Ben Sara, and David Ben Aliz. Is that it? Um Rufua and one second. I have to get another one. Okay. And Trena um, Bracha, I think it's Bracha, I'm not sure. Le Nishmas, her mother's first yard site, Lisa Basrif Sara. Tova Einhorn, as a host for four, Shalema for her father, Yol Ben Gittel. I just taught today what it means in and Nishama. I taught it in, in my course. Um, okay. Le Nishmas, her grandmother, Malka. Oh, sorry, Sephora Fishman. Le'iloi Nishmas, her grandmother. Malchabas of Baruch on her yard site, Kiss Slave. She was a Holocaust survivor who passionately loved the Torah, Amishol, and Arizishol. Rifki Young giving thanks to HaKadosh Baruch and a Refor Shlema Bekaru, for Gudl Yehuda Bas, Ben Razel and all of Cholishol. Vivi Moskowitz, for all those struggling with infertility, may Hashem grant them a Yeshua Bekaru. Amen, and all the Refor Shlemas. Yafa thanks to Hashem. An, here we go. The 26th engagement anniversary, and for her husband's new job, and Hodu Lashem for protecting Yoni and his friends uh, yesterday in the uh, tragedy. Kitov Okay, here we go. So in this uh, in this week's parsha, told us we are now. Being told, remember, we're standing on Harsinai. Just remember, you have to listen to the backstory classes. This series is called the Backstory Series. Okay. So we're being told how Amisrol developed. And again, who we are and how unique our vision is and our understanding is and how the and how our nation uh, developed uh, leader by leader, founder by founder. And how each founder of the Amos Limahos did something new to build and further expand uh the 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 identity of amisho so what we're going to focus on today is the what is we're going to expand that we're going to focus on what avraham get a little deeper into what avraham um how Avram saw things how avraham influenced the world uh how different he was from the people around him and how then it was it, it carried on with yitzchak and how yitzchak built upon it and also added new added new dimensions so we're going to do something about a vram that we have never done before we're going to analyze a rambam okay in Hilchas avodah every word says means something and we're going to look at a couple two two words but let's start with the parsha. The parsha starts at Ela told us Yitzchak. These are the offspring. That now the generations of, were the the um, the story of the the story of what the is, like uh, what you give birth to. The story of the impact. Let's say it. The story of the impact of Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, Avram, holy that Yitzchak, and everybody sees that. That statement is like uh, you know, something that makes us stop and say, we know that. It says, Ela told us Yitzchak ben Avraham. This is the, the offspring, or like the ideological offspring, or the influence, the impact of Yitzchak ben Avram, Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. So, all right, we're gonna go deeper into that. He is the child of Yitzhak, and it is only by uh, this child of Avram you have to understand that it was Avram's um accomplishments that set the stage and sort of allowed for the development of of Yitzchak. That's really where we're going. Now, just as a perfect example, how Rashi works, because I know in our Q&A chat, there's a lot of talk about this and there's a lot of misconceptions about this, okay? How Rashi works, All right? Some people think that when it says that Rashi uh, sort of illuminates the Peshat, that Rashi is translating the Peshat, or he's uh, telling you what exactly the Peshat is. The problem is that Rashi sometimes brings midrashim that are not pshat. He brings you Kabbalistic even statements that are not pshat. So if he's translating the Peshat, why is he bringing something Kabbalistic in order to translate the Peshat? Uh, so that's not Peshat. So we have to step back and understand what Rashi's trying to do. The word you have to keep in mind to remember what Rashi's trying to do is the word mikra, okay, mikra. Torah, as we're doing in our backstory series, Torah is meant to be read as a continuous story. You're supposed to get the flow, the flow particularly, who is Amishol, How did we develop? How are we different than everybody else? What, what defines us? How come we you know, get Eretz Yishol? Who is Amishol? Who's not Amishol? These key things, right? This is the flow of the stories. Rashi wants you to be able to keep reading. Because there's so many layers in the Torah, because there's so many hints, and they're clear that the Torah is written in a way to alert you to the fact that there's layers of meaning right here, right, with this word, this letter, this dot, or the way things are phrased, or, com- or a similar language, you know, phraseology, you could get stuck every five seconds and say, okay, what does this really mean? Rashi wants you to go and read. It's mikra. My grandfather used to explain it. You go on a cruise to Alaska, okay? The main, you know, most people, first and foremost, they want to just sort of see the glaciers and the scenery as the boat is sailing by. Just get the big picture. You can also, when you're a little bit more advanced in terms of your your desire to understand Alaska, you can also stop the boat every five feet and take a chemical analysis of the water, but first, you got to sort of see the whole picture. And that's what Rashi is trying to do. Therefore, if you're reading a Pasuk and something doesn't make sense, because it's like this, redundant, why do we need to say these are the generations or the children or the impact on a uh, of of, of Yitzchak ben Avram, Avram gave birth to Yitzchak, what? So now Rambam wants you, I mean, sorry, Rashi, find something. The because there's tons of stuff in, Torah pair, in all levels and layers. And he finds something that's going to help us keep reading. So why does the Torah say this? Because we know that Yitzchak was Avram's was son, but you know the Rashi. But the skeptics of the generation said, hmm, how do we know Avram's the father? She was just with Avi Melech, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's the father. Maybe Hashem did a miracle for Sarah. That's true. But, it, but but she actually can see from Avimelech. So in order to establish that Avraham was the father of Yitzchak, Rashi says that Hashem made Yitzchak's facial features exactly similar to Avraham. Okay, now we can keep reading the Torah. Of course, there's many deeper layers, okay? But there's a perfect example of what Rashi is trying to do, all right? Rashi, again, does not always bring shot at all. And if the flow of the Torah is you know, is seamless, he doesn't say anything, he lets it go, okay, but if he wants to, if there's some snag, that's where Rashi is going to come in and give you something to, like, cross the bridge and keep going, okay? Now, you could do a whole, you could do a study, we could do a study on Rashi and the and the, the, the method and the, what Rashi is saying and Rashi's, and the, and how, what Rashi's commentaries that he chooses, when he has to select between different different pieces of torsional pair what he selects and what the deeper ideas that leads to its a whole world in and of itself. It would be fascinating. Don't no time for that to do an entire study just on Rashi. But in any case, that's the basics of how Rashi is operating. Okay, now let's go deeper. We want to know that, yes, it's true that Yitzhak's the son of Avraham, that's true, but that doesn't tell us that Avraham's influence and impact molded Yitzhak, but also gave rise to a very different level and a whole different dimension of what would become Judaism. Okay, that you need the second piece of the puzzle. Now, so let's go back to see the inner core understanding of Avraham and how that eventually transitions into Yitzchak and how Yitzchak builds on that to something else. Okay, so if you look at the Rambam. Oh, sorry, you don't have this. Maybe I could share my screen right now. Give me a second. Actually, let me share screen. Here we go. Okay, desktop one, share. Okay, wait, Oop, let me, I see you all. You, here, how do I get my document over here? Uh, how's this working? Hold on. Uh, why can't I move my document? Hold on, let me get rid of that. Um, minimize this. Okay, one second. Okay, here's my document. Okay, does everybody see this? I hope it's not too small. Okay, um, I'm going to make it bigger. Okay. Okay, here we go. So this is from Rambam Hilchos of Zara. Okay, Ch- um, chapter one. So he's telling you the whole story about the, how how the world started, and how everybody was over there about Azara, and and, and uh, they were serving the stars and all that. And then he goes on, okay, that Avram was born, and he says, Kavan shenigmal, a son Zeb." When this mighty person was weaned, um, so he, and, and the, the Englisher has the commentary that it uh, was three, it was forty, but he started already asking questions. When he was three. And uh, he realized that, that, you know, the current explanation for life could not possibly hold up. And then he started, Avram was a scientist. If you read through the Rambam, absolutely, hands down, he was a scientist. He started analyzing the world. He said, maybe I should worship the earth because the earth provides all my needs. Then he said, no, can't be the earth. Um, because the earth is a is a victim of the sun and the moon and the star and the rain and all that, so he starts worshiping the sun. He says the sun is covered with clouds. So he starts worshiping the clouds, and the clouds are pushed away by the wind. And he went through everything. What here controls everything? What's the one force that's sort of responsible for everything else? Until he came to the idea of a god. Okay, so then it says <clears throat> it says like this. So he kept going, and now look at the dark. You have alibo so he kept exploring and exploring and exploring, umaven and understanding, ad shehisig until he attained, okay, the derech haemes. That those two words, the derech haemes, the haven kav hatzedek. He under he attained the derech haemes, and he understood, okay, the kav hatzedek. Oh, this is so funny. There's a, there's a, uh, this is a, a I didn't get that. No, Could you try again? Microphone on, on my computer. What the heck? Okay. I have no idea what this is. Mute. Oh, there's some microphone on my computer. This is weird. Um. Okay. I'm unsharing the screens. So I have to figure out how to do this. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Stop share. Okay. Oh gosh, why is it I turn this off? Okay. Uh, there's some microphone. Okay. So it says that he was he went and he developed and developed until he he, he sig derecha emes. He uh, attained the path of truth, the haven kav hatzedik, and he understood the kav. which kav is called the line or the channel back to God. It's called the kav hatzedik. Of tzedek, and he changes mitfunaso hanachona from his correct insight, bina. He worked it out until he figured out tzedek. Okay. Question is, what does this mean? Okay. What is the Kavat tzedek? What did Avraham come to using his mind? Come to attain, which was emes. So remember and wh- and then why is Abraham associated with Chesed? These are questions. Ram says he attained Kavat and then we of course know he's associated with Chesed. <coughs> How did one lead to the next? Okay. So remember where we're at in the world. The world is entirely, okay, subsumed within. Back, back after the Mabal, even though, you know, Hashem started the world again and you have Kham and Yafis, the world is, has completely drowned again in survival mode. Okay, now Avram, other than Avram's followers, Avram had a big following in Haran. They came with him and they, we talked about last week, where are they? Where did they go? And the the most likely answer is they went to India. They are the, the Abra- Abrahamatic um. Uh, uh, influenced um, non-Jews, but who carry still the these ideas that Avraham introduced into the world. We talked about the idea that Migdal Bavel, where through natural forces, Hashem created a situation that people had to emigrate to other areas and many people went east. Avraham was already a cult, like a cult figure then, he was already a leader, he already was the Ivri, he already had other ideas. And the people that emigrated, he also refused to participate in Migdal HaBavil. So when he already made an impact and when everybody started spreading, they took those ideas with him. Okay. Other than those people, the world that Avram lived in in Canaan had devolved back into full-blown survival of the fittest to the point that their desperation was causing them to kill their children, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Now, what we always learned was that survival mode is a function of our fear of death everything dies okay and we're trying to make sure that we're not the unlucky victim of the all forms of weakness helplessness and death okay now avram starts analyzing the world he sees it too but what avram notices and we're going to see this we're going to explain the comparison of avram and neo when avram sees is life avram says i don't just see death I see that everything lives. Not only does everything live, I see that life regenerates itself all the time. A tree grows, bears all sorts of fruit. The fruit fall off the tree. The seed falls out of the the fruit as it disintegrates. The seed goes into the ground. It itself dies and disintegrates, but that's only in order for it to actually give birth to another tree. I see animals giving birth and nurturing their young and and helping them grow up so they could give birth. And I see death. I see that part of the process of life involves death. Things die to give life to the next generation. I see Avram sees life and death and he attains the understanding of a balance. Tzedek is the balance tzedek is where everything fits into the big puzzle perfectly how do we know that tzedek is balanced first of all when the torah talks about sedek, we know the torah refers to measures weights and measures as an even tzedek or a hin sedek, meaning um we always learned that sedek means consistent and correct right because if a person comes to buy a pound of potatoes and you say okay let me take out my scale and you put a pound of potatoes here and a a rock or stone or a weight that is precisely a pound here not one gram more or less and you see it's balanced you know that you are correct accurate and that stone has to be consistently accurate and correct but it also achieves the balance it makes sure that everything is as it should be in balance Here's another example of tzedek being balanced. We, Avram was the father of tzedek u We saw that in Vayera. Hashem says, I am going to let you understand the way I run the world. And I'm going to let you understand that when I destroy an entire culture called Sodom, it's not you, what you're seeing is balance. You're seeing tzedek. You're seeing balance and you're seeing justice. And he actually let Avram understand it. From, Avram was able to see it from God's perspective. Avram uh, negotiated with Hashem. Of course, that happens in a Nebuah. And uh, he's seeing that this con- this place is not salvageable, but more than that, he's also seeing that this is tzedek, this is balance. Everything has to be balanced. How do we know? Another example of tzedek and mishpah, famous uh, example in Gemara about David. David was a judge, David Amelach, and a landlord and a tenant have would come to him, and the landlord says. What do you want me to do? I have to kick him out. I mean, he hasn't paid rent in six months and I, I got to feed my family. I literally, I'm racking up debt. They're going to kick me out of my house or they're going to take away my, you know, come get something that I own as collateral because I can't pay my bills. So I need him to pay the rent. And then the tenant says, well, what do you want from me? I can't pay the rent. I'm sick. My hospital, my wife is sick and uh, this and that, and I have troubles and problems and I lost my job. What do you want? I should be on the street. So David Melech says, okay, mishpat justice requires that you, the tenant has to pay the landlord. But Sedeq requires that somebody should help the tenant pay the landlord. So David takes money out of his pocket and gives it to the tenant. Says, okay, here, now you could pay him. Sedeq means things have to be balanced. Sedeq, Sedeq, Tirdof, double lasha. My father Moses, said, you have to not only justify yourself to the world. Okay, but you have to justify the world to you. So, if, for example, you have all the right in the world to spend your money on a million-dollar car, but nobody's going to say you can't because you its its honest money and you're allowed to. But at the same time, one blinds themselves to the the needs of people near and far who don't have food to eat. Okay, and it's and uh, and that is not a concern. So one can justify themselves to the world. I'm allowed to do this, but what about justifying the world back to oneself? Like, how do I make sure that things are in balance here? Okay. So tzedek is, a, is attaining balance. Avraham understands kav tzedek. That the connection between HaKadosh Baruch and this world, whether we understand How Hashem runs the world is a connection of tzedek. Everything is in balance. Even what it looks bad and what looks good, it all balances out in the big picture. Now, the big picture for we know is the entirety of history. Okay, sometimes it takes all of history to balance everything. Sometimes you see it in a generation. Sometimes you don't see it for a long time. Sometimes it takes all of history. It's everybody that ever lived, and all the choices everyone ever made, in the world of Teva that Hashem created. The entire picture is all balanced, and Avraham sees the Kav Hatzedeck, and the, this turns Avraham. This turns Avraham into a Bal Chesed. He understands Chesed. Now, what's the link? What's the continuum between Sedek and Chesed? So in survival mode, I am not going to give away my food, my time, my money, my energy, my clothes for you because then I'm less capable of surviving. And also if the gods want you to be sick or poor, I don't want to interfere with the will of the gods and they're just gonna sh- shower the wrath down on me. It is what it is. It's fatalistic. I'm not helping you. There's no reason to help you in survival of the fittest. And it's each man for himself. And Avram says, "But if you understand the kav ha'chesed, no kav, kav tzedek, no. This is Hashem's world. Everything is in balance. Hashem provides everything. Everything comes from Hashem. If you give away yours, you are not going to lose anything. You're not losing anything. Nobody is your competitor. Nobody is a threat to you. Hashem. Can provide for everyone, so you can act with a spirit of generosity because you it will not it will not tamper with the balance." Okay, just because someone has more isn't doesn't gonna tra- is not gonna translate into you have less. Hashem has a way of giving more. In fact, we'll learn with Yaakov eventually that person gives sir. <clears throat> There's a uh, we'll get into it. Obviously, no equation is so simplistic, but it's a uh, it's part of the process of of a kadosh baruch Hu, sort of when one gives away and a baruch Hu replenishes. But um, so Avram was like. You, nobody is your enemy. You will not tip the balance of who has more and who has less. So just, you know, you can you can give of yourself. We learned that chesed also means the overflow, like a Baruch It's a sense of fullness that overflows without any consideration that I'm being depleted. It doesn't change the balance. The more I bestow everything I have on others, it doesn't change the balance for me. So Avram understood the kav hatzedek, and Avram began to operate with pure with with this with this called chesed. Okay, does this make sense so far, guys? I'm gonna just um, I'm going to give you the chance to unmute yourselves. Okay, okay, what do you say? Make sense or what? Mora Esther can you repeat the logic of how we get from kav hatsedek to um to the to the chesed <laughs> that we all know Avram for how often do we decline or sort ofly you know resent or stay away from a chesed because we think it's going to tamper with the balance and we are going to have less Someone's gonna, right? It's gonna take away from us. So, cause everything's sort of like, we're trying to make sure that, um, you know, we are not depleted, whether it's our money, our time, or this or that, right? That's what we do. We wonder like, but I, you know, but, but um, you know, this is going to potentially put me in a situation where I'm less comfortable or I have less, or I am less able to do what I want, right? But in the big picture, when a person, what what I guess we're saying is that no one is ever really diminished by doing for others, like Sodom. Sodom felt that chesed was a crime. Okay? Why was chesed such a crime? Why was doing for others such a crime? Okay? So, they also all right, well, had a concept of the world should be in balance, and their balance, what they thought of when they meant balance, is very Nietzschean, really, which is a person is meant to be self-sufficient. Okay, a real Ubermensch is what Nietzsche called it, but they call they think it's and and Hitler, by the way, called it a like a godly person. A real a real person was like God, meaning self-sufficient. Those that couldn't be self-sufficient. They were, they were lacking something but i'm listening to life here. those who couldn't be self-sufficient were lacking something in fact not only lacking they were corrupting and polluting the the human race because that's not how a human being should operate so helping them would be facilitating an imbalance a lower form of humanity and the and and we would be operating instead of on a you know, um, on, you know, on the, uh, so to speak, what they considered the optimum level for humanity, we would be tipping the world to a place of of weakness and helplessness. And that isn't the balance the world needs to operate. So they banned chesed, okay, you got to be self-sufficient or die. It's very similar to Hitler, who, you know, believed that if the, the mentally retarded or anyone who wasn't Perfect, which was then Aryan, didn't shouldn't live because they are ultimately corrupting or diminishing the human race. Okay, but Avram saw that there are different people in the world. There are fortunate ones who are richer and not fortunate ones who are poorer, both in spirituality and in physicality. And we have to balance it. If someone's poor, give them money. If someone doesn't understand correctly spiritually, teach them rebalance the world give of yourself to bring balance and the fact is that if Hashem balances everything a human being should also strive to balance everything it's a very selfless chesed approach it means that we are we are we are mood motivated to to uh to to help people operate and live in a world where they are not each one is struggling on their own but each one's are available for the next person. Everyone is working together so that the entire system works together well and there's balance in it. Does that make sense? Sorry, I have to unmute you. Somebody was, uh, there was noise. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, can I ask a question? Why are yeah. you calling it chesed instead of tzedakah? No, sedek is the balance, right? right. And chesed is the response to that which is to to be generous to try to bring people up if they're down to fill the voids that people if you have more someone else has less fill of the voids right Create. so that's yeah. like we feel at tzedakah chesed is you do something for someone is you give them money well that's, right. but that's... Is the overflow of self remember we learned about chesed is the generous yeah. spirit right okay. And the more generous spirit and overflowing and not, you know, not self-directed uh, a person is, the more tzedakah they're going to do, the more they're going to balance tzedek, right? But mm-hmm. Avram understands that you can't assess the world, like the right? Remember the by the way, all the midrashim. With, with various versions of Avraham finding the opening to Gan Eden, whether it's a cow or whatever it is, okay, it's trying to say that Avraham found the portal, so to speak. Abraham understood how we're supposed to live down here because he understood the big picture, and he brought the capacity to live in connection to truth to this world. Right? He he found the Derech emes so he found the the he he, he attained the bigger vision. So um so um what was i about to say the cover said that got noise this little something where were we going with this <laughs> about we were, about we were, how Abraham opened the channel yes. of chesed which now we can uh, harness thanks to him he showed us the way Right, and it comes from tzedek, though, the concept of balance. Now, let's go deeper into balance, okay? He saw from Hashem's perspective, okay, if you could see for a second from God's perspective, it, he, he, he was able to see from the world, from the physical world, that everything was in balance. And there was a mastermind, a, 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 a creator, who governed the world in such a way that everything balanced, OK, this really is the message when anyone is struggling with Tzadik Varallo, this is the approach of Judaism. Let's go into EO for a second. There are many, many comparisons between Eov and Avraham. Tons. Why? Because just as Avraham became the great influencer of the world and particularly the Jewish people, Eov was the the, uh, is, the 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 Avram that never happened. Eov is what it looks like when you don't find balance, okay? He could have also, but he didn't attain that concept of tzedek. So what's the story of Eov and Avram? Esther, can I yeah. just say something about that? But is it really fair to say that because um, Avram was tested, but... Eov was really suffering differently than maybe Avraham right I didn't say it the Gemara says it multiple times so I want to try to explain where we're going with it okay what is the distinction between Avraham and Eov both of them had tests. had tests you had tests by the way according to Midrashim just for background here Eov the according to the Gemara is placed in six or seven different generations. Either he's by Avraham, or he's by Moshe, or he's by um, by Achashverosh, or he's by um, or he's by uh, Bavel, or he's um, there's a, a few others. Okay, or he married Dina, various things. And then there's an opinion that it's just a Mushal. And then the the way the consensus is there are many Eovs but this book is really a mushal, like it's sort of taking the scenario of tsadik varallo and it's just like creating a whole just, you know dialogue about the various different approaches for tsadik varallo and each of the three friends that come to eov they present a different approach until the fourth one and so i it looks like eov was actually written as a play believe it or not they say it's written by Moshe benu and you can and you see it's clearly a um, discussion of various approaches to tzadik Veralo and then the resolution okay you could make it into a play i'm saying the safer lends itself to like a dialogue right okay so um so now eov it turns out doesn't pass the test and essentially the really eov is the the when you don't attain avram's what does it look like? Okay, so what ends up happening is Eov is. Um, I'm going to remind me to tell you something about Eov's age. Just remember, I don't want to forget to say that. So Eov is this this great tzaddik, seventy years old, and uh, of course the mushal, is not. Of course, Hashem and the and the Satan are having a debate, and basically Hashem calls Eov the biggest tzaddik alive. He even gives him more praises than Avraham, and he's perfect, and he's of tamim, and everything perfect. Go test him. So they go give him serum suffering first. Every he loses all his wealth, and he loses everyone. Everyone dies, and then he loses all his. He loses all his kids, and then he loses all his everything, and then his body starts to be racked with pain. Okay. So Eev sits seven days in shiva. I guess his children died, and his three friends sit with him. And then three friends start to speak. And by the way, Rambam in the of Hakim, three twenty-three goes carefully through the three different approaches of the three friends. And he explains which philosophy each one is saying. And, okay. So the first friend, Eliphaz, says the following. He says, listen to you. The way you have to handle this is the following. The reason you're suffering is because of mida k'nege mida. Okay? Basically, you sinned. Well, I wouldn't say Well, basically, you sinned and Hashem is punishing you. That's it. This is a just world and Hashem knows everything and Hashem is good. So if you're sinning, obviously, it means you sin, period. Okay? And Eve says, but I didn't sin. Like, say, if I sinned and I was suffering for it, we wouldn't have a safer (laughs) Eve. Why do you need a safer? Obviously, if someone gets punished for their sins, you don't need a safer. It's all over the Torah. So, the safer is, and no, the problem is theologically, how do you deal with a righteous person that's suffering when you can't use your approach? Well, it's because you're sinning. Your approach doesn't work because there's no sin. Yehovah says no. no uh, Eliphaz says no. My approach works. The problem is you don't admit that you're a sinner. That's why you're even a worse sinner. And he gets angrier and angrier. And he's conser- cons- absolutely convinced that his derech is defending God and explaining God and uh, and 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 basically accusing Eov of being the one at fault. Okay. Then the next one comes and he reiterates that Eov has a flaw, but he says, you know, maybe you have a flaw that doesn't rise to the level of your suffering. So you're, you should accept your suffering and stop complaining and stop demanding an answer because Hashem is giving you suffering. So you should earn Olam Haba. So Eov says, earn Olam Haba, Right. If a tzaddik suffers in this world, the same way a Russia suffers, or even a Russia does well and a tzaddik does poorly, and Russia's having a great life and I'm suffering, that means God is not interested in the world. God isn't looking at what I'm, I'm begging God to see my pain. He's not looking at me. He's not answering me. You're talking about Olam Haba. I don't believe in Olam Haba. He denies Olam Haba in the beginning. And he says, no, there has to be something in this world. Don't tell me high in the sky by and by. So then the third one says, okay, Eov, listen. Could be you're a sinner. Could be Hashem is giving you reward in the next world. Could be not. But one thing is what you have to accept. That's Hashem's will. That's it. It's Hashem's will. And Eov says, okay, but I want to know why. I demand an explanation. I want, Why is it Hashem's will that he wants to punish or hurt someone who loves him? Because Eov always loved Hashem, always had a Muna, always knew there was one God. Why would... Hashem wants to do this to someone who's so good, who loves him, who tried his best. I demand an explanation. So the entire Sefer Eov, he, dem- he keeps going back, I'm righteous, you guys don't know what you're talking about, nothing you're saying makes any sense, it's all Sheker, you're actually making a big Chal Hashem because you're bringing up excuses for God that aren't even true. And I demand an explanation and I insist on understanding. Okay. Then comes, and Ramam says, by the way, the first one is closest sort of to our our Torah, our scriptures, but not really completely. The second one is very similar to a certain Arab philosophy. And the third one is very similar to a different Arab philosophy. Okay. So then comes the fourth one called Elihu. And Elihu starts going down the path of, a little bit the path of Avram, okay? And he says, listen to you, the reason you're so upset like, why is, how could such a thing happen is because, you, let's be honest, for most part in our lives, things are in balance, right? Good people have better lives, horrible people usually have worse lives, only be not even because God's like directly punishing them because they lie and they cheat and they steal and they go to jail and they get, and you know, they break up their families and whatever. They just generally self-destruct. So basically you see balance, He's basically says, you see that generally everything makes sense. And therefore you're so disturbed by this because it makes no sense. It doesn't seem to fit into anything and it's out of whack and it's it shouldn't be. So he starts going down the road that really, if you zoom out and look at the big picture, everything has its place, including your suffering. Okay. So Elihu is says the right thing. By the way, tidbit. Chazal, one one of Chazal say that Bilam, that that Elihu, Elihu was Bilam, before he went to the dark side. Now, interesting, Bilam in the Rambam is referred to as a kosein in the Torah is referred to as a kosein, a magician. It's not referred to as a navi or anything. He's referred to as a kosein. What were magicians trying to do? They were trying to t- tinker with the balance, right? in order to like make things work for them. That was exactly the career, the job description of a Koseim, to tinker with all the various pieces and how they interact. Okay. Maybe he just had bad friends. No, 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 no. Let's stay, let's stay. These friends all were coming, by the way, these friends were the greatest of the generation in the book, the greatest thinkers of the generation. The book was written, not to tell you, again, it's a, it's, it's a mushal. It's describing the predicament of a tzaddik, who's suffering and the various approaches. Each one who gives an approach to EO, okay, obviously isn't helping him and they're actually accusing him of being mean. And so, yeah, we always say with friends like this, who needs enemies? But the point of it is that they're all absolutely convinced that their mahalach is right. And by the way, even some, as say, some of them were very, they were very bright. They were very bright. Some of them, even in other circumstances, had some level of Ruach HaKodesh. But when it came to this question, they were confused. No one really had a mahalach on this question. Okay? Till you get to Elihu. Now, then in chapter 38 of eight, eov, Hashem says, okay, Eov enough. And by the way, Elihu says to Eov, enough. Enough. Listen, you're allowed to complain. You're allowed to have your outbursts. You're allowed to say you don't believe in Olam Haba. You're allowed to say you don't believe in Ashkakot Protest. You're allowed to say you curse the day you die that we learn from you of multiple times the Gemara brings down Ein Adam b'shas a person is not held accountable for how they react when they are in a state of tsar which is deep agitation and and and, and misery is that why Chaim wasn't uh killed I mean he didn't Hashem didn't uh kill him did he did he um I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough on, I don't know. But in general, what we're saying, we have a share that we did called um, guidelines for working on a It's in Torah anytime, uh, six months ago or something. We talked about the fact that when a person has a terrible tsara, we learned from EOV that you're allowed to have an outburst and you're allowed to say, I don't understand anything. And how could this be? And this doesn't make any sense. And how could I have a munan? And we should not impose upon a person who's suffering the additional burden you should have a moon and not question anything and not have outbursts and not be upset. You don't need to do that. But Elio comes at the end of the whole thing and then Elio says, listen, Eov, now it's enough. You're allowed to have your whole thing. Obviously, Hashem did not respond to your demand for an explanation, okay? But what I'm telling you, Eov, is if you zoom out and you see the big picture, everything is in balance, including your suffering, okay? So it's necessary. I mean, it's necessary for... The full functioning of the entire mechanism of called creation, your suffering is vital. Okay, now why was it vital? Because had he risen to the to, to be Avram and seen the Kavat Sedek, it would have been vital, and Eo would have been like Avram. It would have said we would have said, okay, Avram, like a like a Yaakov, L-K like Eo. Okay, we would have he would have been one of the one of the influencers, the great influencers. Okay, so then Hashem comes in chapter thirty eight and says holy moly i didn't realize we're going oh. so long i literally thought it was gonna be 20 minutes oh my gosh okay so then hashem comes in chapter 38 and says Eov, come with me i want to give you a tour of my entire universe my entire creation i want you to see if i want you to come from to my perspective and i want you to zoom out and see the entire bria and if you look in the language of Eo, my grandfather explains it. He shows him physics. He shows him ato- energy. He shows him molecular atomic energy. He shows him how energy, gravity, and electromagnetivity, and all these things are holding the world together. Then he goes into the physical world and he talks. He starts showing him in Teva nature, the the, the precise, very very nuanced, very very meticulous hashkacha Pratis between all the species this animal eats a seed and then it excretes it. So, and then it's eaten by another animal, which carries everything, how everything is interrelated. He shows him the whole thing. He shows him the tzedek. Everything has its place. And then Eov says, finally, finally, Eov says, I rest my case. I don't need to know why I had endured suffering. However, I know that in the big picture, it also has its place everything is finally attuned everything is balanced and then listen to this now what i said we should remember eov hashem goes back and gives eov back his everything all his riches and new family and the whole thing okay he said it's a muscle now listen watch this eov was 70 when he got his suffering i mean 70 when he had this thing this this whole episode lasted a year one year, and then he lived 140 years. What is 70 plus 140? Oops, you're muted. <laughs> what's 70 plus 140 oh, guys? 10. Oh. What are we saying? In Egypt. Yeah, so what's Iovo also a Mushal for? Oh, he was the wholegalaus mithraon yes part of you is the whole goal of Mitzrayim why do we have to go through this why is Amishul being put into this situation we're not bad we were the children of the of us we weren't bad we came into Mitzrayim holy right when finally Yaakov and the children reunited but and then we were we by the time we 210 years later we were like assimilated practically assimilated we barely were different than Egyptians well Why is a righteous person suffering? Why are you doing this? Why are you breaking down our Masora, our legacy of the Avos where we could influence the world and putting us in Mitzrayim so we become totally assimilated. So we have, what is going on, right? Doesn't that sound like you? Why would you do this to someone you love? (laughs) But our, our 210 years in Mitzrayim has a very vital place in the balancing of all of creation. It was those two 10 years that formed us into Amishro with a deep sensitivity to injustice and exploitation and everything else that goes with survival mode. And from that place, we emerged to be the, the, the warriors for God and for Chesed and for Emeth and Tzedek and Mishpat. So it made sense why we had to go through suffering, but we couldn't see it in the I mean, suffering. We could only- Adrian doesn't ask when he's told isn't that interesting correct. correct but let's just finish this like when do we see that that 210 years of terrible torture in mitzrayim was part of the balance now today how amishol mm-hmm. is a special kind of nation devoted to tzedek or um, mishpat and chesed like right okay so now avraham he attains the kav Sedek. he sees the balance Avraham is only when one of the times that the shows Avram the balance is by Sodom. Remember, we learned that no one's allowed to question God and demand to see the balance or the way God is operating and why, unless it says Vayered. OK, but anyway, it's a, and uh, but when Hashem asked Avraham other stuff that where it doesn't say Vayered, that Hashem came down, meaning allowing us to understand, Avram doesn't say a word. He had changed the Kav HaTzedek. Now, I didn't have time. This took so long. Who knew? That I didn't really go into we this need a little balance, that's a little like. balance, no balance here. <laughs> I want to go into Yitzchak and the concept of pachad Yitzchak. Okay, mm. balance. Okay, Yaakov refers to Yitzchak as pachad Yitzchak. He talks about his father, pachad, the fear of Yitzchak. Just let's do it quickly. Um, Avram sees everything in balance now. What also has to be remember, we said Avram saw life, Avram saw regeneration, Avram saw that. Like we say in every day, may miss It's not just death; death is to regenerate to new life. That's what Avram saw. It's a part of a cycle, part of a bigger, bigger, a whole, a bigger mechanism. So Avram starts out with being the life giver, the bal chesed, okay, and uh, the generous one who is um, making sure that everybody else appreciates how you can balance things in the world. Okay, that's Avram. Now, what happens with Yitzchak? Yitzchak, of course. Carries on from there, he redigs the wells that Avram digged, right, Doug? Which means he carries on his father's well, but he also adds something else. Yitzchak says, Yitzchak is gevura because he says, <clears throat> "I know that from God's perspective, what we are going to call the yidia zone. Go back to the baby in the in the womb. In the womb, you're in Bechira zone. How you choose to operate outside of the womb, the mother, including the mind of the mother, that's already yadia zone. That's a shem's zone." Yitzchak says it's true that in seeing things from God's perspective, everything is balanced. Absolutely. But I live in Bechira zone. And my job is to make sure that I am meticulously maintaining that balance that Hashem wants. I am constantly questioning myself, constantly holding me to a absolute standard of din. Din means it's the fact like ms is din okay two plus two is four is the din it's the absolute fact that is the balance two plus two and four is the balance if you do two plus two is 4.0000001 and you build a bridge you will not find that bridge having being balanced they will collapse with everybody on it okay there's no balance there's an accurate precise balance in the world perfect and Yitzchak says it is my job to maintain that Perfect balance. I will not deviate from the straight and narrow a hair. Yitzchak is din. He's pure MS. Constantly asking himself, have I deviated a hair? Do I deserve to take another breath if I can question if I use my last breath correctly? Yitzchak is saying it's not about enjoying this world because that will throw things out of balance. It's about absolutely maintaining the balance God Established, and that's why they did meticulous dikduk, every little thing in balance, being very conscious to do things right. So he built on Avram, but he was a different emphasis, a different koach. The koach to be medakti, to be careful, the koach to understand that when we throw Hashem's world off kilter, guess what? First of all, nature goes off kilter, everything is off kilter. Nothing is in balance. We have disease, we have famines, we have all sorts of problems because like, look at what we do to the environment today and we throw it off kilter. And when things are not in balance, we suffer. And when things are in balance, we feel free to, 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 to flourish and think about it. That's why people, a lot of people they'll come into a room and they'll look around the whole room. And if one picture is slightly different, you know off they'll adjust it PR, we need humans need to feel a certain balance a certain that things make sense when it comes to things we don't understand uh, the that the legacy of Avram is tzedek it's all in balance and that is the right answer for someone suffering we don't say you're being punished unless they say let me tell you a sin I did you think I should do tshuva?" then yeah but you don't. We can't come and say, "Oh, for sure, you're being punished." Oh, it's me that we can't come and say it's for Olam Haba. We don't come and say, oh, it's what's well, whatever." It's because Hashem decided. The only real nechama is somehow everything is in balance, whether we can appreciate it or not. Okay, and, and from from this world, and um, and when we and, and that's the legacy of Amish. So If we build into our into our mind and into our chinuch, constantly with our kids, we constantly reiterate everything is in balance. There's kav ha Then, when things seem off kilter, which are usually unusual circumstances, okay, you know. But our tradition from abraham is what he discovered and how we changed the world, because he understood the Kabbat and he latched onto the Kabbat and that was the beginning of all the all of the, tra- the transformation of the world and of humanity and of anybody who would be influenced by Avram this is the dividing line and this allows us to weather the storm somehow some way and not get thrown off kilter and like Eovan said demand an explanation I insist with Kabbat we don't demand an explanation we just that we know that it's, there's a balance. And this gives Amishol tremendous koach to um to, to you know to constantly persevere and, persevere and persevere and persevere and persevere even after a Holocaust. The only good explanation for our Amishol could have picked themselves up and rebirthed ourselves, okay, and uh, with the help of Hashem, of course, and explode to the nation we are today, okay, is because in the back of our minds. Our legacy is, you know, we don't understand it. It all fits into the bigger picture. All right. It is what it is. It doesn't mean Hashem hates us. It doesn't mean Hashem is punished. I mean, you could do the Tochacha, obviously. Tochacha was too similar to the Holocaust. So, but what even the so called Onesh, okay. Even the so-called Onesh fits into the balance, okay? There's never one simple answer. You can't be, oh, it's an Onesh. What about a million babies? What about the tzaddikim? Like, it's nothing simple. Nothing's black and white. Even if there's elements of it in you know, in there. The big picture is it all fits in somehow. There's a kavhat tzaddik, and therefore it does not derail us. And that gives us a fortitude to always go forward. Okay. Does this is let's have some questions and answers. I'm gonna let you unmute yourselves. Okay. We have the Mahos. Obviously, they balance the Avos. Yes. Yes. So the Avoda, the life's work of the Avos. Okay, was to bring these concepts into the world. In other words, how does a human being operate in this world? with the main foundational true ideas about how you know how how we are supposed to see ourselves in relationship to god and how we're supposed to function in the world so they brought the tsura they brought the concept then the imahos the the women bina bona they took those concepts and built it into real nation however in this week's parsha which we didn't get into when Yitzchak's about to make a mistake, right? And Rivka says, no, 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 no. Okay. Rivka is building the nation. So she is taking the ideas, you know, putting them in balance again, and saying, if we have to balance everything, and based on the balance, you can't give the bracha to Esav, it's got to go to Yaakov. Okay. And then she interferes and get, make sure that Yaakov gets it. Same idea. She's re, she's, she's, she is assuring the balance. OK, uh, was there a I must have read this some sort of communication issue between Rifka and Yitzchak. Is Wait, that okay. something? Remember, strange? Bobby, Sandy, Sandy, yeah. remember, we're doing the backstory. Right. It was dictated by Hashem. through a era, how to write the story. Right. Every incident in the story is there to teach us something, who we are and how we got here. We do not add, we do not read stuff in. We do not make stuff up. We go only with what Moshe, with divine influence directly from Hashem, um, included in the Torah as, because it's vital to understanding who we are and how we have, have to live. We have no idea about their marriage. What we do know, what we do know. Oh, that- Rivka fell off the camel, correct? No, when she said, not, no? What is it? We don't, we have to interpret it correctly. She saw for the first time in her life a person of such Ruchnius energy. She, okay. Like when you close your eyes because the sun is too bright, she never seen anyone. She remember he came out of Ghanathan. Remember, he had just yeah. been like meditating. Yeah. He'd just been davening and learning and spiritual for the last three years. He's disconnected from this world. She never saw anyone like him. Now we do know one thing when Yitzchak, when Rivka went to ask Hashem, which means ask a Navi, what she, what about what's going on with her kids? Right. Rambam, Rambam brings us up. He says, did she tell Yitzchak? And he says, no, nowhere in Safer mm. Boratius, nowhere in Safer Boratius, do you ever see anyone saying Hashem told me to tell you X, Y, and Z because there never was a case of this sort of Nevuah in Berachias, where somebody was sent as a shaliach to tell someone else what to do. If a person had a nevuah in all of Sefer Berachias, they were not let us say, "This is what Hashem told me to tell you." They were only let us say, "This is what I think." Okay. Now that's why when Moshe came to, when Hashem told Moshe, "Go tell Am Yisrael that I'm going to save them," Moshe says, "Wait, wait, wait." They're, that. What does that mean? I'm going to tell them that you said something. They're not going to believe me. This doesn't, we don't have this, that somebody says that God told them to tell you this doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Hashem says, correct. It never existed up till now. Now I'm changing. Now I'm going to give you a Nevoah to tell them. No, no, chasrom, chasrom. Hashem doesn't change. No, no, no. Now a new level of, of Nevoah is coming into the world where Hashem is telling Moshe what to tell Amisroel. And Hashem says, in order for them to be convinced that you're really a Navi and you're really speaking in my name, I'm going to give you Simonim. Because Moshe was legit. He's like, we don't have this, that somebody speaks for God. Okay, So it is possible, yes, the Chazal say she was not allowed to tell Yitzchak b'shem nevua. She could only make a suggestion, in which case Yitzchak could say, well, maybe I don't see it that way. In which case she would have to take matters into her own hands. It's, it's, I just, I'm thinking of Noah building the Teva and he, one of the reasons people were going to ask him, what are you doing? And he was right. supposed to say, Hashem told no. me. No? What was not he not supposed to say? He's not allowed to say that. No? He's, he's not allowed saying, to? Say, it, he says, it seems to me not, he's not allowed to say, Hashem told me to tell you. No uh, no, interesting. No, no. Navi and Boratius ever does that. Very important. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Any other questions? I had, I had read, Esther, I had read that she was kind of afraid to tell him because she felt it don't was in her, in her because of, you know, her background with her father okay. and with her brother. If you have a... So if you that have a, so <laughs> if you, all it says it, I'd like to see it, but the Rambam says she wasn't allowed to tell him. Okay. And uh, and that's not psychological. Like she was afraid to tell him because maybe she wasn't worthy. This is psychological. You know the actual between God and humanity that they, they had no permission is like factual. Okay, so um, so let's if you find the Chazal let's tries to say that, but you know psychoanalyzing the and their marriages don't go. There. If you ever hear a class where somebody starts psychoanalyzing whether they were good parents or not or this or that, okay. Unless Chazal say something for the purpose of teaching us something, okay? Do not venture into that territory. (laughs) Don't forget how, why, and how Moshe wrote the Torah. It is not to to analyze them psychologically, okay? But Mm -hmm. only Chazal say something. Chazal, if they say something that gives us a deeper insight, we can learn from it. Was Yitzchak able to adapt this... Hashkafa of Kav HaTzedek internally to make things as perfect as possible and Hashem's balance because he was an Ola and because he was brought on an Akeda. So let's say this. Yitzchak was, I mean, you're on, yes. Let's say it like this. Yitzchak was, um, it's called Yira or Pachad, right? Or Din, right? All the same type of thing, right? When Yitzchak agrees to let himself be um, be sacrificed, okay, he essentially has like basically opted out of this world. He's like, "Fine, Hashem controls everything. This is Hashem's world. My so-called separate existence is just you know something I experience while I'm physical. If if I don't, if I'm not supposed to be in the physical world, no problem. It's fine." He completely disengages with the physical world, okay, because he really sees that everything is ultimately you know the ruts is is within god and and he okay so now when he re-enters the world when he has what's called not literally right like that this shear that's whatever that's he actually got shafted, he actually got resurrected and all that mishagas when he sort of when the akeda you know didn't happen and he has to kind of rejoin this world okay this is when he he applies the concept of the Kavat sedek, how everything has to be imbalanced to this world he says since this world is so completely suffused within god we should not get we should not get blinded and fooled by this world we shouldn't get carried away we shouldn't end up you know um you know moving to the side of imbalance we shouldn't end up caving into various desires or appetites or fears because Remember what this world is. It was so clear to Yitzchak that he was able to not get in, a, to not deviate anyway into the, in, you know, to the temptations of the world because the world wasn't anything to him. So, um, so yeah, so the, that understanding was so clear that it translated into his into his midas din. Does that make sense? Completely. Thank you. Okay. And, and more, Esther, would we then be yeah. able to say that uh, because Yitzchak was midaktek and he had this union of din and coupled with the pacha, that that's how come he gave us givura, if we put yeah, it together yeah. with the spirit yeah. for the big concepts? Yeah, yeah, the givura is the self-restraint, the holding back, not deviating, not slipping an iota into too much engagement or attachment to the physical world, because that would be, you'd end up imbalanced, right? You'd end up too much in the Gashmis, too little in the Ruchinas. So yes, Yitzchak gives us the of Gavura of maintaining absolute, um, precise, kind of like, um, you know, uh, interaction with the world, but exactly, you know, but not too much, exactly as necessary, not too much, never sort of, giving oneself over to the world by the way we'll learn by Yaakov it was you had to have Avram and Yitzchak first to get you have to put these two together to get a Yaakov which was able to see the big picture appreciate the importance of being precise in this world and then take that into the real world of negotiating real difficult challenges and holding this you know holding holding on to this correct path Mm -hmm. the synthesis yeah beautiful yeah Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Esther. Welcome, everyone. Take care. Thank beautiful- you. Chodesh tov. Khodesh, Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat <laughs> uh,